this is the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Here, we talk about all things Minnesota sports. Wild, Wolves, Vikings, Twins. We cover it all. Try to take a deep dive. We try to break down players' development, how the trade market looks, how our GMs are evolving over time, and everything all Minnesota sports right here. This is the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Thank you guys for coming back. We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings today. Okay. A little bit of tidbits. The roster has been coming out. A few surprises. Sky, can we talk about the surprise that caught some of our eyes this afternoon? Oh, I think you're alluding to Everson Griffin being released. Uh, I think that was a, just a head scratcher because on the surface, um, why do you bring back like a longtime veteran person who played for you for like 10 years on like a deal? You signed him and then like he did good in the last preseason game. And everyone was thinking like, oh, he's going to like be that other defensive end um, paired up with Hunter that we were missing a little bit. And then you cut him. I think on the surface, it is a little head scratcher, but um, you tweeted about it today. And I think, um, I'll let you talk about it, but it's alluding to allowing us to like keep as many people as possible because when we cut Everson Griffin, this is the thing that people need to know and make sure that uh, Everson Griffin doesn't have to go through waivers when we cut him. And I don't know why, maybe you can elaborate on that, but since he doesn't have to go through waivers, no one can claim him so we can cut him and keep other people that would have to go through waivers um so yeah i'll just let you speak on that yeah i think i was well that's pretty much really that's pretty much it you know a lot of people kind of just freaked out for for a minute and, and and it's understandable you know unless you 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 study sort of the roster or the cba and rules like that it happens a lot but um and, and i think it's courtney cronin and some of those people they they don't they they don't have maybe enough characters or they don't they they just happen to not share their their insight on some of those things. But um, I think help reporting is it, it's important if you provide context because yeah we we cut him and you, okay well here's some context. Do you really think the Vikings would go out of their way to to talk? with Everson Griffin for almost a week after giving him a tryout, right? Giving him a tryout um, and then discussing internally and having conversations with him for a week. We don't know what they talked about. I would probably venture to guess it was probably this, right? Um, And like, hey, Everson, don't be turned off when we cut you, okay? Here's our plan. And then Everson's like, okay, two days later, I like the plan. Let's make a deal. Oh, Spielman makes the money work, and they do it. Okay, that, in my opinion, if I had to bring context, if I had to assume, I think my job and me and Sky's job here is to try to kind of help put the pieces together. You never know for sure, right? But you can kind of build some kind of confidence off this is, um, you know, we we let him play. We wanted to see how he did. And, and not only that, you had a full – 10-minute, 15-minute press conference of Everson Griffin apologizing the franchise on live air 
apologizing to Kirk Cousins, and he said he was going to apologize to him man-to-man and to Spielman and to Zimmer. Okay, They wouldn't have done this. Or they wouldn't have allowed – I've never seen a man conscious and then a week later get cut while still having an interview like that same week. Like they don't – Vikings – Vikings uh, GMs and, and and coaches generally do not sign a player, give him a press conference, because I hate to tell you guys, like when um, seventh-round picks sign their contract, there's no press conference for the seventh-round pick. There's a press conference when they get drafted, right? But that's different when they sign. and it, it, He's not going to be off our team for longer than a few weeks at the most. It might even seem in a day or two, okay, or a week. But, yeah, to back to what Skyler was saying is we are trying to preserve some young talent that we have or some depth that our leadership believes we, we can have in future years. And by doing that, they know, well, if we cut Everson, if anyone's worried, oh, Everson's going to get picked up like that. Okay, if he does, he does, right? That's – but the Vikings are taking that gamble because why was Everson Griffin a free agent if he was willing to sign a, a very cheap vet minimum deal all the way up until the last week of the preseason? Oh, I'll tell you why, because nobody was knocking on his door. Okay. And, and for, for some different reasons that we don't need to get into some with the, the, the mental side, some with the questions of his age. Okay. And that all being said, it's just not, it's not something to worry about because we're trying to preserve some player. We don't know who could be. It could be at any position. You just don't know. You know, you don't want to even assume it's on the D line. Could be on the O line. Who knows? Um, and by doing that, now you're allowing other teams to, after the, the rosters have now been set, is okay. Other teams are like frantically looking at what players to pick up. And instead of picking up a young guy, which that's what most of these guys are doing. Like they're trying to pick a guy who is young, who has potential and to put him on the roster. And now you don't have, the Vikings don't have to potentially lose some guy um, and not get a chance to put him on their practice squad to develop in turn. All these, I mean, it's just unlikely that some team, they would have done it by now, right? If they wanted his vet minimum contract, which is the lowest you can possibly give, Everson Griffin, by the way, okay, he was taking that deal from us. So why didn't thirty other teams want the same deal? Well, because they didn't want him. So they they know that. So they're taking the chance that he's going to put, he's going to be, you know, available, and then they're going to let IR happen, injury reports and designations like that. And now when you move guys or they're injured or whatever, you can start moving things. You can open up roster space. You can create spots. You can move guys at the practice squad if you see unfit. There's a lot of different moves that you can make. And then even if so, if we still have to cut somebody to get Griffin back, which people will be like, what are we doing? It's because at that point, other rosters, like other NFL rosters, will have made their decisions on the players they wanted from waivers. Okay, that got waived and cut. And their rosters will be more full and stacked and they'll have less money. And that means they're less likely to take the player that I'm talking about that we don't know, player X, that is young, valuable, and they see some promise in and they want to get him back on the practice squad, which creates another spot 
to put Everson Griffin on the active roster. It's, it's, it's to me just makes sense. The meeting, the interview, the the way we're going about this, and you know what's funny is we've had the second most draft picks over the last three years in the NFL. I mean, we have a lot of young guys that we're trying to develop that haven't got to that point yet because we have a lot of veterans playing all over our roster. So that's what that screams like to me. I know that wasn't reported directly by anybody, but that would be my my breakdown, my guesses on that. Sky, I guess I'll get your final thoughts on that topic. Like, should Vikings fans really be worried about losing Griffin? Uh, I'll put, okay, so I'll try to put it in a very simple context and bring all that around. So a guy like Kenny Nwangu, who needs to go on the IR because he's injured. If the Vikings would have put him on the IR before the 53-man roster was finalized, he would have to go on IR for the entire season, correct? Say that again. Sorry. Cut out for a second. Um, if we put a guy like Kenny Nwangu, who needs to go on the IR, on the IR before we finalize the 53-man roster, he would have to go on the IR for the entire season, right? I don't believe so. I believe it's at least six games if he gets put on the IR. But that's – I thought there was a difference by putting someone on before the final 53 and after the final 53. You might be onto something there. I had. I think you might be right. And if so, that would be an IR designation, which is what you're referring to, and we know that he won't be able to play this year, and I'll let you finish that. So, that so like – yeah, so my point is, and this is why the Vikings did it, is – um, they're going to waive a guy like Everson Griffin in order to not allow a guy like Kenny Nwangu to go through waivers because he is way more likely to get picked up. And then we're going to put Kenny Nwangu on the three-week IR, which is what happens after the 53-man roster comes out. Oh. And, then, and then at that time, we're going to pick Everson Griffin back up. And then and that just gives us three more weeks to evaluate Everson Griffin, which he'll probably be here the whole year. But, like, that's just why they did that. Bingo. I mean, I think that's a beautiful job by you, Sky, illustrating that out. Um, yeah, that hasn't even crossed my mind. See, I still need to catch up on some of those things. I should know those things. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's exactly it. Let's move on to a different topic. Um, and let's – about the Vikings. Let's – Let's talk about the backup quarterback position. We brushed over this. We brushed over the t- the play during the preseason. We now know, we now know that Browning is out. <laughs> and it, well, well, I don't, I don't imagine anybody picking him up. And I imagine he might go to our practice squad. If I'm the Vikings, I don't even know if I want to. <laughs> I don't even know if I want him in my practice squad. But you know, either way, um, we do have an interesting scenario happening. We do have over $10 million of, of cap space. We, we currently at the moment until waivers goes through, have two quarterbacks. Well, I guess Nate Stanley could be on our team too. Um, so, but we really have Kirk cousins who we know is the starter and Kellen Mond. So my question to you is, is are you concerned about the quarterback depth and a follow-up question? What do you think of the idea of Kellen Mond being our backup quarterback? I want to go first of all, I'm going to talk about the depth. Okay. So I am looking at a stat that says the Vikings have gone with two quarterbacks on their initial 53 man roster, four out of the 
last five years. The only year that they had three QBs on their initial 53-man roster was 2018. And every other year, they've gone with two. So this is not something new that they have been – this is not something new that they're doing. Um, and um, I heard, like, Meat Sauce on the radio today on KFAN, and he was, like he, – he was a huge proponent of, like, trying to get um, Cam Newton because he was saying, <laughs> like, the classic – well, what if Kirk Cousins, like, gets COVID and he's out for, like, two weeks, like, or whatever? Like, we need a competent backup. And to that and all those people that are saying the same thing, because uh, a lot of people are saying that, I just don't agree with that. Like, first of all, like, how much better is, like, a washed-up Cam Newton? Go look at his stats last year. They were god awful he had a lot of rushing touchdowns sure but like other than that like terrible and uh i I mean he's never been accurate like it's just uh, not a good idea for me and i like i honestly think a kellen mon like right now is just as effective as a cam newton and like even if cam newton's a little more just a tiny bit more effective i would still rather have kellen mon who is in our future plans and Cam Newton not, like, I want Kellen Mond to be getting those snaps, especially in practice. You bring on a guy like Cam Newton on a roster, he is going to need to take those backup QB snaps in practice. And that demotes Kellen Mond to third string or practice squad reps. And that's just, like, that's not how you develop a high-round pick QB. I know he was in the third round, but he was, like, one of the first picks in the third round. So, like, he is a valuable QB on the market, and I just don't think that's how you develop a, uh, a QB like that. Um, so, yeah, those are, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah. yeah, well laid out, well laid out. You know, I think that's exactly right. I've heard a lot of people say, well, Cam Newton, well, no. Um, you know, to add something onto that, do you want another guy who's – and this is not me being – I'm not telling you what side I'm on of the coin here. I'm just saying – do we want, from a football standpoint and a Mike Zimmer standpoint, we know his actions towards people and how he feels about people being unvaccinated on his team, guys that potentially be playing important positions. Do we want another unvaccinated quarterback on our team? We already have Kirk Cousins, right? So, like, if somebody got in close contact, a lot of the quarterbacks would likely be in fairly close contact, you know, and and, and Cam New would be out too. Like, that, that's another angle to look at. Like, why would Zimmer even want that? Second. I don't – I can't – this is, again, this is speculation. There's no truth behind this. But I can't imagine Cam Newton being a guy who would be a good or great or impactful locker room guy as the backup quarterback. He's never done that in his career. He clearly wasn't ready to do it in New England. I think – I bet discussions were had. It was like, if you're not going to put me as a starting quarterback, cut me because I want to play somewhere. Again, completely speculating. There is no truth to that that I've been aware of, but I'm just saying that from a locker room standpoint, from a meshing with Zimmer standpoint, I don't I don't see the fit. I don't get it. And, and to your point, I, I think it was a fantastic point of what you're saying is Kellen Mond, I want a guy who was the first pick of the third round after the trade to – get the reps as a second quarterback. It's simple as that. 
I I don't want a Jake Browning or a, or a Cam Newton kind of like if it's not going to make a difference in terms of that much on the field. And I, I I'm with you, Sky. To the people that are like, oh, Cam Newton definitely better than than Kellen. He's got the experience. I get that. But I'm I'm telling you from a from a throwing standpoint, man, Cam Newton is almost as bad as it gets in terms of going through progressions. Hitting his target is a serious problem. Like not being good at going through progressions, not being athletic like he used to be, and not being accurate whatsoever. I mean that those are three massive red flags. And I'm sorry, like the experience thing only gets you so far. You know, like there's a lot of quarterbacks that have a lot of experience. It doesn't make them an impactful quarterback. And we have to talk about that because it's just it's just false. You know, like does it does it help you understand a playback faster? Yeah. Does it help you make get wins easier? No, not all the time. Not necessarily. Not when you have that many red flags. And I think that's the case with Cam Noon. And and I again, Kellen Mond to me is the guy I want in practice getting meaningful reps. I don't want him on the practice squad like you're alluding to. Also, a good point of look, this we've done this before. We've rostered two quarterbacks and we put we've in there's been a quarterback on on the practice squad. This is this has happened before in on a Mike Zimmer team, and. You know, like when you are a quarterback on the practice squad, you're not facing live defenses a lot of time. You're not facing um, top competition a lot of time. Like people forget backup quarterbacks take about a quarter of the reps at um, during game week for um, like some of again, some of the first team defenders. And that is valuable learning time for Kellen Mond. So, you know, like I'm totally with you there, Skylar. I, I can't. I just can't disagree, you know, and I know that's not a hot take. I think, I'm sorry, that's not a, a well-liked take that I think we both sit on, but um, I, I'm going to also say this. Any quarterback, because Gardner Minshew's gone. Like, I thought that was the quarterback. If you were to go get and spend a fifth or a sixth-round pick like the Eagles did to go get a Gardner Minshew, okay, you know what? I'll live by that. I, even if I don't love it, like, I, I think that th- they would, you know, if you do move away from Kirk Cousins, I'm thinking about the future. I think that Gardner Minshew would be an interesting quarterback, you know, with Kellen Mond to have a nice quarterback battle and maybe let Kellen buy for another year of developing or not. If he beats him out, it's more of a fair competition that way versus Kirk Cousins. So, you know, I, I don't know, like, but Kirk Cousins, um, you know, it's got, I'm, kind of going a different direction here, but Kirk Cousins is going to have to prove himself this year and we'll see on that. But I, I'm of the thought that if you lose Kirk Cousins, like via through injury, right? Sky, like if you lose him through injury, uh, I don't care what backup quarterback you have at this point. Like we're not getting a case Keenum as a backup quarterback right now. Okay. I, I, I don't, this is not happening. He, actually dominated i don't know if people are watching he dominated in two of his preseason games just letting you guys know okay um Stefanski isn't trading away case keenum okay that's not happening and we're not gonna get a quarterback i hate to break to the 13-3 folks of 2000 and what was it 2017 like oh but we went 13-3 with the book of quarterback and son bradford went down cool right cool that's fine um here, you, 
that happens. That's an outlier. I'm not going to ever bet on that again. Kirk Cousins has never missed a game in his NFL career or college career due to an injury. So um, I'm not going to waste my money on that or my draft capital. And quite frankly, if we lose, on top of all the other reasons that we, we talked about, like you talked about with the reps, I'm, I mean, I think the season's a lost season if you lose Kirk. So I'm just not willing to give up an asset for something that I think that doesn't move the needle. And I think that's basically where we both stand. So um, the last thing we'll get to here with the Vikings to wrap up this pod is, you know, some news about Anthony Barr. Um, uh, did you get a chance, Guy, to hear kind of what Anthony Barr um, uh, or Mike Zimmer kind of said about Anthony Barr the other day? I did not, but I think we should also talk about also another – somewhat big Vikings tidbit is the the Chris Herndon trade as well. But you can talk about the Anthony Barr thing first. So Anthony Barr um, has been apparently progressing very, or I should say, really, really well, according to Mike Zimmer. And he laughed, sort of, and he kind of made it like a funny thing and like, hey, like, I know, I know if I'm wrong here kind of thing, you guys are going to get on me about this like he's very aware of the of the public which is funny about mike zimmer um you'd sometimes think he wouldn't give a bleep and maybe he doesn't but he sure does talk about it into existence like he's very aware of it and the the whole thing with with mike zimmer (laughs) you know is what what is he really going to tell us as a fan base and i thought he actually was if felt like there was some real real insight into what's going on with Anthony Barr. We don't know the injury, but we do know that Anthony Barr, um, according to Zimmer, he thinks he's going to be ready at some point in the early part of the regular season, and he thinks there's a good chance of him playing week one. And I think that's some positive news. You know, like I think that's very important. Even if he can't go week one, but he can come back week two. And by the way, you still have three over three weeks until week two happens. So, you know, that's some good news. You're going to have two linebackers that you feel really good about behind your strong D-line. you got a pretty uh, experienced secondary that you can probably lean on with some decent depth. Um, so that's, you know, I, I'm excited to hear that. Now, on the other hand, we did have the Irv Smith injury that popped out of nowhere. Um, I'm not sure if I believe surgery potentially could be done at some point today, if not some late part later this week. And we still, unless I missed the news today, I potentially could have. It's been a little busy for me. I don't believe we have got any intel yet exactly on how long he's going to be out for. We've talked about two to four weeks, depending on the surgery. Um, more of like a cleaning out kind of thing um, around around the meniscus. It's you know versus completely repairing it. Um, so you know, re- completely repairing it, something that Adrian Peterson had done. He would miss the entire year. It's a six to eight month recovery time. You know, it's between those it's, and it's not, it's the funny thing is it's very drastic. It's either he misses a game or two um, or he misses the year. And that, and this decision could be, it's, it's his, it's in his court. It's maybe he trusts the doctor, but it's his decision. He's a young guy. Um, and I, I'm just kind of interested to see what he values because if he values the big paycheck, which most people do, there's nothing wrong with it. Why not? 
um, you're on a contract year, basically. Like you, you're eligible for an extension after this year. The Vikings might want to lock you up. You are the starting tight end for the first time in his career, and he's only 22 or 23 years old. It, it's it's a it's a big year for Irv if he just misses it out. You know, Conklin can win the job. Conklin could earn like a lot more reps for next year, and all of a sudden, his money goes from X amount on his next, you know, per year, like six, seven million dollars per year, um, or more to to maybe two or three million, cut in half. So it's a big year for Herb Smith. It's a big decision. It will be fascinating to watch. And again, it'll be about two to four weeks if he chooses to just clean it up um, versus actually fully repairing the meniscus. So interesting to see there. Sky, let's get on to the next uh, bit of news with the Vikings. The trade that happened today. Well, <clears throat> the Vikings acquired tight end Chris Herndon, and they traded away a fourth round pick, um, but they also got back a sixth round pick. So the Vikings got Chris Herndon and a sixth round pick, and they gave up a fourth round pick. Um, but also, the Jets um, agreed to pay like like one point something million dollars of Chris Herndon's salary. So the Vikings are also only having to pay him like $800,000 or something like that. So that was a trade that happened. And it is 100% because Irv Smith went down and we are extremely thin on tight end in the tight end position with just Tyler Conklin and Brandon Dillon being the only healthy tight ends. So, I mean, yeah, that was a move to solidify some depth. I, I do like, I did like Chris Herndon's prospects a couple years ago. He showed a lot of promise his rookie year. He, he had like great hands. He's this great pass catching prototype tight end, really athletic. Um, but for whatever reason, either being the Jets are just terrible or, um, Adam Gase, just uh, that terrible coach, killed his career or whatever the case may be. Um, he hasn't panned out yet. So um, we did, we gave up a fourth round pick. That's that's uh, kind of a lot of draft capital, but I I guess I am I'm here for it because we have zero depth and that gives us a little depth. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a high. It's a high pick, um, for me. Yeah, he's he's a, he's 25 years old. He's remarkably young. He struggled with injuries. He struggled with quarterback play in New York. Struggled having a consistent head coach that was knowing, basically didn't know what he was doing. Um, so you know, in a lot of things there. I will say, you know, as as all those negatives, he almost had about 300 yards last year. You know, he had a decent amount of receptions for a tight end that you know like he he had some interesting things and again he's a young guy and he, you know given the injuries and a little bit of wear and tear you know he is still a good athlete he still is able to run some routes i'm not so sure i'd have to look up more about his blocking and but i will uh finish up this podcast saying it's a clear indicator that the vikings value the tight end spot because conklin who just got back from being healthy is a capable tight end. Like he's a he's probably one of the better backup tight ends in the NFL. Um, so, you know, it's not like 
it's the end of the world in terms of talent depth at tight end. I will, however, say that the Zimmer believes that 11 personnel is extremely important, meaning you're probably going to be in two tight end sets quite often, or sorry, at least in moments of games. And in, in, in your tight end in the zone blocking scheme is basically like an extra tight because he's tight to the line, whether it's the right tackle or the left tackle to help block in the wide zone when you're running outside run plays um, outside the tight end tackle area. And that's a key part of our scheme. So we're, it's, it's a message of desperation of, hey, we know in a standard NFL team, like and you're right, Scott, the depth isn't there, but I'm just trying to explain to people why it's not normal. And it's a different scenario from team to team because in a standard team that doesn't run out 11 personnel, that doesn't use two tight end sets, that doesn't use an outside run zone blocking scheme offense, one backup tight end like a Conklin is fine. You're fine. But in the Vikings offense, they're used more than a tight end. They're used as an essential part of blocking. They're used um, as a guy who can be a decoy and play action or in, in many scenarios. And, just by having one solid backup, because I, I think we've really struggled with Davison and Dylan in the preseason, in my opinion, um, you're going to need another tight end um, for our scheme. And that's where the point of you're saying the depth is important and what we don't have that. And that's because we you do need two capable tight ends in, uh, in this scheme. So I'll leave it at that. Um, just a, There's a lot of kind of things that, that's happened from – you know, the trade with Herndon and Irv Smith going down, and lots of questions there and Everson Griffin thing. And, and there's just a lot of things, you know, and um, we'll see if we can if we can uh, take care of the, the Bengals. But we we do have our first week of practice that's now in the regular season. We'll start getting injury reports and all that stuff um, fully by next Monday. So I can't wait, wait for it. Um, and we will hopefully talk about the Wolves or the Wild next. Thank you for joining the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast.